0: what's going on guys this is uh josh and kent back with you with another episode of the around georgia podcast uh kind of a special edition uh for this one because uh we have upon us mr kent brown
1: the dance it is here the national championship game man i am absolutely thrilled been waiting uh, four years for this game uh, as a bulldog fan again, and it just part of it just still doesn't seem real, and and part of it still seems to get to be true. Absolutely, absolutely. You know
0: when you talk about how uh, how how the the whole the whole playoff thing goes, you know you have the grind that goes into the the semis, and you have the grind that goes into just the week really uh, buffer that you have the the original. Uh, Semi final game and then the Natty, so so it's kind of it really clicks along pretty fast there. So, but we do apologize uh, and if any of you have been listening to us uh, over the last few episodes, you'll know that uh, typically Kent is the one that's kind of uh, kind of leading this whole thing off and and, and introducing each uh, each episode. Uh, we're going a little bit of a different route this time uh, because uh, obviously, as you can probably tell by the audio, we are once again uh, doing this thing remotely, except this time, instead of, us be, instead of us being a few hundred miles apart, we're what, like 20 miles apart now or something like that. We're, <laughs> so we're a lot <like>, closer.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so, so we're having to do this thing remotely again through our phones. So, uh, so we apologize if, if it's, uh, the audio isn't the best in the world, but, uh, but, but we're gonna, we're gonna make do with what we have. We're, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna get this thing done and, and we're gonna, we're gonna get this, get this natty, uh, hyped up and and get get everybody you know ready to go just as ready as we are so uh stay tuned and and uh we'll we'll get you ready all right guys well uh let's go ahead and get this thing started uh Wow. There, there's, there's nothing else you can really say except, uh, wow, because we're, we're back. We're, uh, we're, well, the dogs aren't back They're in Indiana right now, probably, but, but we're, uh, we're, we're back in the, uh, in the, the dance, the national championship. Uh, there's there, I mean, there's not much else you can say except for, I mean, th- this is what you play for your whole life. This is what you play for, uh, from, from little league, from being a, being a kid that has a, has a football helmet bigger than the rest of his body all the way to, to college, and so you know it's it's something it's it's really surreal. You know, no matter how many times you go to the uh, national championship, you you can never become used to that. You know, I'm, obviously, I'm not used to going season after season after season after season like Bama does, um, which we won't have to mention them by name again for the rest of this podcast. Um, but uh, but you become so shell shot every single year because it's it's such a big deal and it's it's what you play for. So, uh, so wow. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you're as excited as I am for this thing, but uh, I wish I've never been so in such a hurry for Monday to get here
1: in all my life. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I'm definitely pumped. Um, I'd be more pumped if I wasn't, you know, uh, restricted to watching the game at home uh, because <laughs> I'm going to be watching the game at home, no guests, I will have my beautiful wife by my side, so that is a good thing. But um, since we tested positive for COVID in the last week, we are not going to be able to leave the house. Um, but the good thing is we've got a nice TV that we can sit back on a comfortable couch and hopefully watch the dogs put a beat down on Alabama. Josh, there's a song that I've had playing on repeat since the SEC championship game. Do you know what song I'm talking to, uh, talking about?
0: I'm a little bit afraid to guess, so you can go ahead and tell me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The name of the song describes the sentiments of this Georgia Bulldog fan, and it is called I Hate Alabama. And, Josh, I hate Alabama. You heard me. I had to clear my throat before I said that. I didn't want anything to get in the way. I hate Alabama. I cannot stand the fact that they win seemingly year after year after year. It is so frustrating seeing one team, um, but that 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 song has taught me two things. The first thing is this: yes, I hate Alabama. The second thing is this: thank God I'm not a Tennessee Vols fan. Um, <laughs> life would be a That's lot right. worse. That's right. Um, That's right. That's right. And and I'm just grateful to be a Georgia Bulldog. Uh, but here's the deal: um, we've we've watched this game already this season, right? Mm-hmm right after we watched this game, I told you and I was kind of talking out of my rear end, but I told you I'd be okay if Georgia missed the playoff altogether because I do not want to see Georgia have to rematch Alabama what what is it about the condition of a Georgia Bulldogs fan's heart to to now all of a sudden have the desire to watch that game again like why do i have such a craving for bad things
0: it's i mean it's 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 like the forbidden fruit right i mean it's you know we 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 both have grown up in church obviously since you're the 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 next generation pastor at Comer baptist uh obviously and uh you know you hear the story about adam and eve with a forbidden fruit you can't eat the fruit you'll eat it you know whatever and so that's almost like what it is like Alabama is is it's so much at the at the top of the college football world. They are the kings of college football as far as winning, as far as national championships, as far as SEC championships. They have been at the top of the sport for pretty much the whole since what we were in middle school, high school, something like that. And so we're talking about over a decade of success and that's the reason that, trust me, we're not the only ones that want to play Alabama. Everybody wants to play – you do, but you don't. You, you you don't want to get blown out, but you want to be that team that kicks them off the top of the college football world. Um, and, and it's funny that you brought this up because I've, I've had a conversation with multiple guys uh, over the last several weeks since the SEC championship game about what is it about Alabama? What is it we, – we get it. They're good. We understand. They're They're one of the top recruiting schools in the country – they, they, they always seem to be at the – if not number one in the top three in every statistical category, they're a good team. But football is so much more than a physical game. Uh, you know that. I know that. And just because you physically – if you can run faster, if you can, if you can jump higher, if you can complete this pass, if you can throw it, you know, further down the field than the quarterback on the opposing team's sidelines, whatever it may be, football is still a mental game and if you go into a game and here's my theory about what happened in the sec championship game if you go into a game where 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 you're saying okay i cannot make a mistake this team has had our number the last three four times that we've played them i cannot make a mistake if your stats have been i can't throw an interception if you're on the defense i can't miss this tackle if you go into this game so uptight that you are afraid to mess up because you are afraid that you're going to be outmatched again, all of a sudden you get slippery feet. All of a sudden you have butterfingers. You, you know what I mean? Does that make sense to you? And so Absolutely. because of that, because of the the, the the nervousness that is a byproduct of getting beat a lot by the same team over and over, the nervousness that makes you play uptight, and, and you play your best ball when you're loose. I mean, there, there's, there's a reason – That Georgia just coasted by Michigan because Michigan hasn't been an issue. And obviously, we were statistically, physically, mentally, in every major category better than Michigan. And of course, that obviously had a giant factor in the outcome of that game. But that doesn't make you completely win the game. It is still mental. And we went into that game saying, you know what? These guys have not given us any issues. They, They're they're not Bama. They're not a team that we've struggled to beat. And so what do we do? We go into the game, we play loose, we stick to our guns, and we blew them out of the water. And I think that you have to have that similar mindset
1: in order to beat Alabama. Absolutely. Uh, Now, before we get farther into the Alabama preview, let's go ahead, let's recap um, what we thought was going to happen against Michigan versus what did. So I'll go ahead – it, it, with mine first, real quick, uh, I predicted a twenty-seven to ten win. Ended up being close, but remember, I, I said that it, I thought it would be close throughout the majority of the game. I, I really thought Michigan would put up a fight defensively. Um, no. Josh, that did not happen at all. Uh, no, we really came out rolling. Uh, we scored on at least our what was it? At least our first three possessions, maybe. I'd have to go back and watch the replay, but I know we went up 17 to nothing quick. Um, Maybe our first four possessions, I think we got another field goal, made it 20 to three after Mm. they had finally answered with a field goal. When it was 34 to three, I just sat back thinking to myself, did this really happen? Did this really Mm. happen? I don't think anyone saw a Georgia blowout like that coming. And, you know, I, I think the fact that Aiden Hutchinson was so overpowered by the Georgia offensive line is something that we've got to talk about, and and that Georgia offensive line can end up being a big factor once again against Alabama. But what were your thoughts about the Orange Bowl in comparison to what you had predicted?
0: So I thought it was going
1: to be twenty to ten.
0: Uh, obviously, I need to get more faith in them apparently because <laughs> they, they they tripled that. So uh, so it uh. It, it was a lot a lot more of a blowout than I thought it was going to be. But I even remember saying, uh, I believe on the last episode, that I thought that it would be a case to where Georgia-Michigan would be more of a one-sided affair than the other semifinal game between Bama and Cincy. So I was right on that regards, but just barely, because Alabama took care of business against Cincy, and then we obviously took care of business against Michigan. Um, honestly speaking, obviously I'm biased. Uh, but I, I did feel like the game was over at halftime. I mean, it, you kind of just get a feel of – you can almost feel like when teams I – don't, I, don't I don't want to say the word giving up, uh, but, but, but you can really get the feel like a team really has the win put out of their sails. And it, it kind of reminded me uh, of a few years ago whenever we played Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl you remember right before halftime when Rodrigo kicked what was like a it was a stupid long field goal it was close to sixty yards I think it was, was it? a fifty one yarder it was it was fifty one yards And Rodrigo had no, never no, no, no. kicked anything like that uh, before and so you know that was a momentum shifter and they we did that before halftime and they came back in the second half and obviously came back and beat them in that game and so the only way that you can really hold on to any sort of momentum whatsoever if you're getting blown out like that in the first half is you have to really capitalize on at least something whether it be a field goal whether it be a turnover whatever it may be you have to have something to pull momentum going into the locker room and uh, and I just like Michigan never did that um, I was, it was, I was uh, my bad it was a
1: 55 yard field goal 55 yard.
0: yeah mm-hmm. 55 J- that, that's just a little chip shot right <laughs> no, no biggie yeah um, but uh but I was I'm glad that you brought up the thing about Aiden Hutchinson because I was I was very surprised even uh, at how well that R O line seemed to seem to handle him because make no mistake he went to the Heisman he was one of the Heisman finalists in New York, right? Yeah and so I mean he's quote unquote the best. I mean I disagree. I think Jordan Davis, but I'm biased again. Um but Aiden Hutchinson is is considered nationally to be the best uh, defensive player, at least, in the country. And, uh, and he he was a non-factor. I mean, if, if you wouldn't have told me that he was in that game, I wouldn't have known that he was in the game. And uh, I think that that that's a good kind of precursor before we, we match up against Alabamas because our offensive line has to pull out that again. Because on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball, that is won and lost in the trenches on the line on both sides. And so if – because if you don't have an O-line that can stop the defense, all of a sudden you're – first off, you're going to have no running game. If you have no running game, you become one-dimensional. Become one-dimensional, you see what happens in the SEC championship game a few weeks ago. That's what happens. You rely on your quarterback. Your quarterback is a human, and so they're going to make mistakes, whether it be interceptions, whether it be he fumbles it, whether it be he just can't find any anybody open and just has to take a sack. Uh, your your line has to come to play, and and I, I'm sure Kirby's had them focused on that because it, it was apparent in the uh, in the SEC championship game that the Alabama controlled it on both sides of the ball from the line. So so we we have to change that going into this next uh, going into this next game. But um, while we're on that topic, uh, so Stetson Bennett, everybody, I've heard that man's name more in the last four weeks than the entire time that he's been at Georgia before. <laughs> I mean, That's you know, cute. he's – he's he's obviously he's been the anchor on the offense throughout the whole season, um, but but he hasn't really been in the national spotlight per se until the last few weeks. And so um, looking at that, so he showed a, a different type of athlete, a different type of quarterback uh, against Michigan than what we've seen against some of the better competition that we've seen all season obviously so uh, so you know i, I don't want to really harp and say you know we if we have to pull stat then do this do that i don't really want to harp on that because i don't want us to have to pull stat because i think that he's the guy that can get the job done and i think that you would agree with me and if you rewind to a podcast or two ago all of a sudden my confidence is has went up in him, and that's just because i saw how good he played in that last game against against uh elite competition to say
1: the least and so
0: absolutely uh, so with that being
1: said Go ahead. Now, well, I was just going to say, I, I actually, and one thing that we're going to do is uh, if you're not following us on Instagram already, make sure to follow us on Instagram at around Georgia underscore pod, because we're going to put up another, um, another poll uh, in our stories we're going to put another one up to see if maybe you've changed your mind about Stetson and the, the whole Stetson and JT debate, because uh, what I believed was confirmed and I believed that Stetson was capable and was going to potentially have an outstanding game against Michigan. Um, I believe he had an outstanding game against Alabama. I think he made two very awful mistakes where he threw the ball away, but if you take away those mistakes, that is a very close game. Um, And uh, and, and so, you know, that's one thing, though, that I want to kind of find out is, uh, how many of our listeners kind of would agree with us uh, or would maybe at least say, all right, my, my you know, confidence in Stetson has definitely grown stronger. Or maybe they've changed their mind entirely and said, hey, you know what? Stetson's working for us right now. Let's use Stetson. But the other side of the argument, because Stetson's won big games for us all year long, the other side of the argument is, can Stetson Bennett beat not just anybody, but Alabama? Right, right. And and
0: here's the here's the the thing the thing about Stetson that that seems to frustrate so many different people uh, is is he can have kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde effect, whereas uh, he all of a sudden he'll play lights out, and then he just he made. And I think the last time that me and you watched the game together, I think you brought that up. That, that he'll just – he'll make some just insane plays. He'll even make them with his legs. Uh, he, he'll hit a guy downfield like he did with Bowers over and over and over again against Michigan. And then all of a sudden he'll throw a pass and you're just thinking, where did that go? You know, who who were you even trying to hit with that one? And so uh, you, you didn't see that really against Michigan, uh, against, like, like I said, elite competition. But, again, uh, what that comes down to is is I think that Cook – Zamir White, all these guys, uh, Kenny McIntosh, all these guys who are, who are part of our running back core who have been elite all season long, they have to come to play. Um, because ultimately, unless you have a Heisman Trophy winner like Bryce Young at quarterback, then you really can't rely on just one position, on just the quarterback position to win you the game. I mean, it's, it's, you, you, you can't be one-dimensional.
1: When you become one-dimensional – you lose the game. And I think you'd probably agree with that. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. Um, Going into that matchup against Michigan, we had our offensive line was pumped. Mm -hmm. There was something that I had noticed uh, with their offensive line and ours. I, I saw before the game a video posted of their offensive line walking onto the field and they're all wearing the same T-shirt, and it says, you know, for, for lack of better terms, run the dang ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I just – all right, you knew what their intention was. They were going to go out there, and they were being up front in your face about it. Right. Uh, we were more physical. We out-physicaled Michigan, who thought mm-hmm. that they were the physical team. After all, they had just blown out everybody en route to a huge – Uh, Big Ten championship. I don't think that should be um, discounted or or discredited or anything like that. But, uh, you know, the the thing is, all right, is our offensive line going to bring that kind of mentality into this game of, hey, we're going to out-physical our opponent. Um, I love what, you know, so I bring that up in contrast. So you have Michigan being outright, you know, with hey, we're going to run the dang ball. Jamari Sawyer, before the game uh, against Michigan leading up to that game, he said, uh, you know, I hope Aiden Hutchinson brings his best and I know he expects the same from me. If our offensive line goes into that game with the mindset of, man, I hope Alabama brings everything they've got because I want it. And they have that kind of hungry attitude. It's over before it starts, in my opinion. I I think that, that Somehow Kirby's got to coach Georgia past the psychological, you know, advantage that Alabama has. He's got to get them past that, you know. Maybe we're showing the replays of 2017 and 2012 too much. Maybe show the replay of 2007. Scott Howard's one and done, baby. Uh, Show that. Show the side of Tuscaloosa that, that, hey, look, Georgia can beat them. We have before and we need to establish that as the norm again. Um, but we need to do something. It'll be interesting to see how Kirby Smart is able to get, uh, you know, to, to coach the, the physicality um, right. you know, of, of our uh, guys that are going to be fighting in the trenches, but then also, you know, how the the, the psyche – and how the psychological as- aspect goes along with that. Right, right. And, and like I said earlier, it is, it is a lot mental. And, and
0: if, if you look at not just – I mean, it's, make no mistake, this isn't something that's just consistent with Georgia. This is something that's consistent with the game of football. Even at the NFL level, uh, in order to be successful, you have to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to become – Two-dimensional. I remember, I think it was never, Mark Crick was still at Georgia. Uh, So many people used to say, who is it that said that one time? Didn't they say that we play old man football or something like that? Who was that?
1: Oh, man. uh, That's a throwback. I want to say that was going into a shoot. That was was before a specific game where we were told that. And I can't remember who we were playing, though. Continue and I'll I'll look that up for you real quick.
0: Right. So, but anyways, we so they they said that we played old man football because going back to the Dooley days, you know, you run, 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 run. You establish the run, it opens up the pass. That's just the basic uh, X's and O's of football. That's just how it works. Um, And, and you football is ever changing. And so I don't, I don't want to use the term old man football because what worked 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, maybe won't necessarily work today's game because you we live in an age to where a quarterback has to be at least somewhat mobile. You can't be a statue. The days of the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Bradys and things like that are going away because you need more of a mobile quarterback who can at least make something out of what could potentially be a negative play. If you drop back and no one's open, at least run it for one or two yards and don't take a sack. And so um l- Laying some more on that, um, you have to establish that running game in order to open every bit of that up. Because once you establish that running game, all of a sudden you have the safeties. You have the corners. You have even the linebackers who could be dropping back into coverage are going to start hesitating. And all it takes is a little bit of a hesitating. And they, then you're going to see number 19, Brock Bowers, running open down the sideline. And uh, you're going to you're going to see the same fate by, uh, by, by Michigan. Uh, once that happens, so that 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 is, I can't communicate how important that is. If you look at the games that have a W beside them, and look by the games that have a L beside them, I can almost guarantee you that the vast majority of the Ls have less than 100 yards on the ground.
1: I can almost guarantee that. That's just how it works. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I was looking. Uh, so it was actually, let's see here, Missouri was it like Florida, Florida or something? Is Missouri? Oh. Sheldon Richardson described watching upcoming opponent Georgia play us. Uh, he said, like watching Big Ten football, it's old man football. And then we blew him out of the water the next week. So <laughs> um, Georgia ended up coming out with shirts that said grown man football.
0: Grown man football. That's right. That's how you win games is grown man football.
1: That's right. Um,
0: but uh, real quick, uh, closing out, we, uh, we're, we're getting close to being out of time. Um, but so let's get down to breast tax predictions, because I know you got a prediction and, and look, we need to, we need to be completely, completely honest with ourselves because at the end of the day, we're going to come back to these predictions. And, uh, I mean, we, we didn't discuss it, but I mean, I wouldn't shave my head if I was wrong or anything like that, but (laughs) we need to like make this thing interesting because these This prediction is gonna be the last one of the season. Think about it we're not gonna have another score prediction for what nine months or something like that. So you know this is a big one. this is an important one. So I'll start and say what I think mine's gonna be uh then i'll then I'll let you pick up on on yours so uh i've I've kind of went back and forth about are we gonna blow blow them out? is it gonna be close? are they gonna be us? What do you think's gonna to... and so what I think. I think that we come out of the gate swinging. Uh, I think that we're going to get off to a fast start because we're going to be trying to get the monkey off her back. Uh, I think that – I can see it being a low-scoring game uh, for the first little bit. I don't think that you're going to see anybody start to really uh, break past the teens until maybe the fourth quarter. Um, but I, I think that we can finally overcome this thing. It just – something the water just feels right. I mean, obviously – we're both going to be biased, uh, but but I think this could finally be the time when we turn the table and uh, get past them. So, I think what we're going to be looking at for a final score, I can see it being 31
1: to 27. How about that? 31 to 27. Man, that's a very uh, – I feel like that's a very uh, possible outcome. Um, I want to say something that's not popular. I'm just – I'm just going to go ahead and preface what I have to say with that. Just because I say a prediction, because I see this game going two ways. I see this game going a way where, you know, maybe we find out that Georgia was struggling um, a whole lot more in the first game with Alabama than they should have. And they come out and and wear out Alabama in this game. I, I don't see that happening but it's not impossible and then there's the other way there's the Alabama's just bigger batter <laughs> faster stronger than mm. Georgia and they're gonna wear us out again mm. uh, again it's going to be a com- more competitive game than that I don't see that happening um I've been watching this game this Georgia Alabama game for so long now and I've been predicting Georgia to win it every single time. Since 2012, I've predicted Georgia as the winner every single time. So, part of what I'm about to do is maybe uh, reverse the roles. <laughs> so that they maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe if it's just uh, a luck thing or, or whatever it is, but I, I think Alabama wins. Um, that's not the popular thing. And it absolutely makes me sick to my stomach to say it because I'm sick of Alabama. And I do think this Georgia team can get the job done. Mm -hmm. But I think Alabama wins 27 to 23. I think it's going to be another case where we get an early lead, we get our hopes up, and then we drop the ball. Um, And and I, I hate to say that. I, I would hate to think that that's how this season would come to an end. Um, but, again, that's just my prediction. Um, that's what my head says. My heart says, you know, 34 to 10 dogs. You know what I mean? But not right. saying that it is not going to be that way, that it's going to be another heartbreak. And uh, that's what I'm trying to prepare myself for, although hopefully that will not be the case.
0: I've never been so disappointed in all my life.
1: <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. Well, you know, I, I just uh, I had to I had to change something because I was predicting Georgia and Georgia was still losing. So maybe if I predict Alabama, you, you kind of get my drift. But I think Alabama wins it, uh, twenty-seven to twenty-three. Um, but I mean, man, that's not. That, I don't want you to take that as, oh, Kent's lost faith. Kent's not a real thing. <laughs> he doesn't believe in this Georgia team because I do. Right. I, I do. I, I think that we could absolutely go out there and be a completely different team than on December 4th and wear them out. Right. Um, but looking at the stats, looking at how we played last time, looking at what we have available to us, this is how I think the game will go. Although I hope I am – completely wrong right and to,
0: to anybody who may be hearing this thinking that uh kent's jumping off the wagon although we we uh we give each other a hard time obviously based on what i what my reaction was um make no mistake we we both want to see a natty i mean there there's no mistake in that if if a, if either one of you could see the decor inside either one of our houses you'd be able to tell that we're red and black through and through and so neither one of us are are, are, are saying that that Georgia doesn't have every opportunity to do whatever they want to in the game of college football. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're going to be, be with them till the bitter end. And look, if, if they lose, I'm going to be upset. You're going to be upset. There's gonna be a lot of people upset. I mean, I may go to Tuscaloosa and, and I don't know, kidnap somebody's dog or something. I, <laughs> I don't know, but you know, just cause we're, we're, we, there's so much frustration, uh, built up with that. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, if, if they lose, we're a dog. If they win, we're a dog. It's a lot better to be one, obviously, after a win than a loss. But either way, uh, we're, we're, we're in it with these guys. Uh, it's, it's been a – this is probably I – w- I would venture to say this is probably my favorite Georgia season. I know it's because we've had a good team, but as far as enjoying watching the games, enjoying uh, time together. For those of you who don't know, uh, Kent actually uh, moved up to North Carolina for about – what was it a year and a half two years something like that Kent
1: yeah about a year and a
0: half and uh and so this is really the first season that that we've been able to you know go to games and 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 stuff like that uh you know since you know we, we we really knew each other existed a few years back and so I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this season uh the the fall time of year and even leading into this time of year is such an enjoyable time of year I mean I. there's no way to describe it other than the fact that you have to be a part of it uh in order to 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 really enjoy the game of college football so uh so it's 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 been an awesome year it's been entertaining to watch uh these guys have been fighting for a long time and uh and and hopefully we can uh we can come out of this thing victorious so uh Anyways, I guess that's that's going to be everything that we everything that we have time for. Uh, I guess we're we're gonna we're gonna probably try to do something shortly there after the uh, game is over,
1: right? Kind of like what we did for the for the Orange Bowl. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this, we want you to know that uh, as soon as the national championship game ends, mm-hmm. uh, if Georgia loses, um, then we will probably have something recorded and up online in the next uh, half hour. Um, if Georgia wins, maybe, maybe give us closer to an hour, hour and a half, two hours. We're going to be taking it in. We're going to be celebrating this one. If Absolutely. it wins. And so, um, I'm not about to make him get on the mic. He's not about to make me get on a mic immediately right after a Georgia national championship. There's more important things to do first, like barking outside my front door, waking up all my neighbors and screaming go dogs at the top of my lungs. So, um, but yeah, as we as we uh, finish off this episode of the Around Georgia podcast again, just a reminder: if you're not already, follow us on Twitter at AroundGA Podcast on Instagram Around Georgia underscore Pod. Uh, we can be found on Facebook now. We're still kind of putting that page together, uh, but it is Around Georgia Pod on Facebook or just search around Georgia um, on Facebook and uh, we'll be posting content to that shortly again on Instagram, make sure you're following us so that way we can uh, have you participate in our upcoming poll Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels. Have you changed your mind? We're excited about that one. We're excited about uh, just everything that has been going on in Georgia sports and forward to a national championship game on Monday night.
0: That's right. That's right. And we, uh, we appreciate every, every single one of you guys who are, who are listening. Uh, we, we're, we're really just shooting from the hip with this whole thing. And, you know, I've never done a podcast before. Kent's never done a podcast before. And so we're, uh, certainly amateurs of this thing, but we're learning, we're getting better. We're learning, you know, it doesn't take long for you to kind of get in the swing of things. And so we're, we're trying to become better at this thing, but, uh, thank you to any of you guys who are listening. Uh, we, we, we hope that we can, grow a little bit over time uh get get a little bit get a little bit better get a little bit better uh equipment you know as time passes so we can make a little bit better uh so, some better recording uh quality that we that, that we have uh for you guys and uh, we look to
1: even maybe get some uh, some some guests on maybe uh in the in the near future We've so. got two guests lined up to be on the podcast coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to hold those names from you until we get a little bit closer to it, but they're two. Uh, one former dog is going to already be on the show. That's coming up soon. We're excited about that, maybe towards the end of this month, beginning of the next. Um, and uh, and then we've got another one who's got some uh, uh, pretty cool recruiting story uh to share with us about something that happened pretty recently so we'll get those names out there to y'all soon uh but until then uh thanks for listening thanks for checking us out follow us on social media and we uh pray that y'all have a wonderful time watching the national championship game if y'all are georgia fans if y'all are alabama fans we hope that there's some i hope it's (laughs) miserable you know tears are shed uh that is for sure All right, well, go dogs, right? Go dogs.